0: welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Today I want to talk about the priesthood of the believer. And so many of you, maybe you're saying priesthood, you know, as as I guess Americans um, or people who live in in American culture, we might not be. Uh, The type of priesthood that I'm talking about today, um, I wanna give a little bit of context because we might not have context unless you have studied the priesthood, right? But I I wanna start, I guess, by saying this, is that um, the Lord wants you to come into the fullness of who He's created you to be, right? I don't want you to miss a thing. If it's, if it's available for you and it's good, I want you to fully step into it. I would never want, I don't want for myself, I don't want for anybody else that we think that we've got it all figured out when we really don't. You know, we're always growing in the Lord. We're always learning of Him. We're learning to, to be like Him. And it's through His relationship with His Holy Spirit that His Holy Spirit is empowering us and teaching us how to look and live like Jesus. And... You know, God is so multifaceted like in in who he is, right? It it always, you know, you'd hear he's the lion and the lamb. And I want to be like, God, which one? You know, can you pick one? Can you be the lion or the lamb? Because they're two very different things. But he is the lion and the lamb. He is a good father and he's the king of kings. That's who he is. And for every part of who God is, it speaks to a part of who you are. So if he's a good father, that means your sons and daughters. It has implications, right? If he's savior, you are the saved. right? And so it's important for us as we see him, we and when we learn who he is, we say, well, what does that mean for me?" And um, you know. I am a son, right, I'm a, I'm a dad, I've got four awesome kids, I'm a pastor. Um, I'm also a football coach, I've been coaching my kids' football team, which is, yep, thank you Travis, um, nothing like little league flag football. I always wondered how my kids, my especially my two oldest boys are like, hyper-competitive. And then I hit the field and I was like, oh, uh-huh. I probably taught them that. And um, just saying last two weeks, we've shut out the teams, you know, um, two weeks before that we lost. So we're two and two, 500, but we're on the rise, you know? And so, um, but what I'm saying is um, even in who I am, there's multiple parts of, of who I am, multiple roles that I take. And, and of course, we've been, i taught a couple over the last couple of weeks as we taught on sons and daughters and mothers and fathers is that sons and daughters in the kingdom become great mothers and fathers that raise up great sons and daughters. Right. And so that's part of who we are. And you can look and, and you can see all the different things that the Lord says about you. One of the things that. Um, if you would, if you have your Bibles, we'll go ahead and jump into scripture. First Peter chapter two, verse nine and ten. This is what Peter is saying about us. He is saying this is the body of Christ for believers. This is who you are. He says, But you are God's chosen treasure. Can you turn to somebody and say, You are God's chosen treasure? So if nobody's told you that you are valuable today, I'm here to tell you that the Bible says you are treasure. Not just treasure, but God chose you. All right? So if if we could hear that, if we could get that, we can just go home today. I didn't check the batteries. Um, So you are God's chosen treasure. It's good news then it goes on to say this priests who are kings did you know you're a priest you're like well, what does that mean we're gonna talk about that you're like does that mean I have to get a robe no it does not um, but you are priests who are kings so did you know in in the kingdom you are a king the Lord says you reign as kings and priests in the earth we're going somewhere. Some of you are like, I didn't know that, but it's interesting. Tell me more. Right? Does it come with a castle? You know? Anyways, y'all with me today? Y'all good? I, I want, I, this is what I want to do is I want to call us higher today. I always want to, I, that we would always be coming into the fullness of what God has created us to be. Right? And so I want us to get this today. It says, You are a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Anybody thankful that he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Has anybody been called out of darkness into his marvelous light? Okay? And how, and now he claims you as his very own. So he has claimed this, this scripture is so full of what God calls you. I would be reading this every day saying, who am I? I am a chosen treasure. The moment that you feel like, oh, I just can't get it right, you need to go this and say, you know what? I'm God's chosen treasure. I am a priest who is a king. I am a spiritual nation that's set apart as God's devoted one. I am called out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and he claims me as his very own. That's who I am. And he said, and this is why he did that. All right, it says he did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. You know what glorious wonders are? It's praise and worship. So he said, this is what I want to do. I want to deliver your soul. I want to take the heaviness. I want to give you an identity so that you can broadcast worship and praise throughout the world. Why? It's because the truth is, is that we were created in the very image of God. And we know that the fall happened, sin happened, and it robbed us of that identity Right. It skewed it. But since that moment, God has God had been has been working a plan to get you back to that place created in his image where you don't carry heavy things, where you're not full of shame, where you're not full of sickness, but you are full of his life and that you reign as a king and priest in the earth. Y'all with me today. It's really important that we fully step into who God created us to be. Would you agree? And here's the great thing is that maybe, um, you know, for me, I'm learning to walk this out. I'll stand here and say, I don't have this all figured out, but I have fully given myself to the Lord and saying, Lord, teach me how to walk as you intended for me to walk. Right? Right. All right, so for at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy, but you, because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. You have been drenched in mercy. Drenched in mercy. That's strong words right there, drenched in it. Anybody ever fall into the water and didn't want to? You get drenched? You're drenched today in what? In mercy. All right, so I'm starting here, but now I'm wanting to, to backtrack a little bit. Okay, so you know this. You are called as kings and priests in the earth. Now let's say, what does that look like? Let's get some context. Okay, y'all with me? Okay. Um, if if you've been around for any time at all, you've probably heard me talk about King David. He's one of my favorites to to read about. Um, I I feel like man, I I look at David's life, his heart for the Lord, and I'm like, I want to be a David. I want to have his heart. He was called a man after God's own heart. If you're that's isn't that a good title to wear right if you were, if you walked into heaven and god said you are a man or a woman after my heart you'd be like oh, i'm awesome you might you probably anyways maybe if you're a person after his own heart you're not like prideful about it but you're more like <laughs> so but but to be called oh, you're a man or a woman after my heart david was a man after god's own heart and I believe this David, we know the story of David, he was a teenager, he was shepherding in the field, and according to Scripture, we know that he probably had a harp, because we, we learned that he goes and he plays the harp for, for King Saul. And David was a worshiper. He wrote psalms. A lot of the psalms that we read now, some of them he probably wrote while he was in the field with the sheep. But he was, he, and here's the thing, we know David went on to become king, but David, I don't believe, ever wanted to be king. I believe he wanted to be a priest. He wanted to minister to the Lord because he would say things like, oh, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Guess who dwelled in the house of the Lord? It was the priest. Guess who was worshiping the Lord? It was the priests. They were ministering to the Lord. That was what they did is they brought offerings on behalf of the people. They, part of their role was to reconcile people to God, but they would minister to the Lord in worship and prayer in the temple. Their lives, they, what they had was the Lord's. Everything they had, it came from the Lord. Okay, I want to give you a picture of a priest. And that was David's heart. He was like, I want to be a priest. And because this is what happens, David, the whole thing with Samuel happens where he gets anointed king. And guess what David does? 14, 15 years old, gets anointed king of all of Israel. And if the prophet says it, you're like, okay, that's it. I've been anointed. It didn't. And so did David just go and run to the castle or to the kingdom and say, Saul, you're out. I'm in. God said so. No, it was actually about 14 years before he became king of all Israel. But know what he did do is he went right back out to the sheep, started tending the sheep and ministering to the Lord. He was like, yeah, I'm gonna hold out as long as I can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep being a priest before the Lord and when I have to be king, I'll be king. But for right now, I'm going to just serve the Lord. He wanted to be a priest. And this is what, if you have your Bible, Psalms 132, verses 1 through 9, this is the covenant that David made with the Lord. This is the promise David made to the Lord, okay? Um, and, I, and I believe that this promise and this covenant that David made is that we are all called to this covenant. Each one of us can make this covenant with the Lord because you're a king and you're a priest, David was a priest king, right? Guess what you are? You're a priest king. David prophetically tapped in to New Testament worship in the Old Testament. What we, meaning this, what we have access to, the presence of God, the being a dwelling place for the Lord, David understood that to a degree. He had a heart for it before it was a thing. And now we have access to everything that David hoped and longed for, longed for. And so I believe that what David is telling the Lord here is the same cry and the same promise and covenant that the Lord is wanting to rise up in his church out of his bride to be the cry to the Lord to say, Lord, in these days, in this hour, this is our heart. Y'all ready? This is what he says. I'm reading it out of the, the Passion Translation. You can read it out of whatever translation you want, but I'm choosing the Passion Translation today. It's good in all of them. It says this, Lord, please don't forget. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me give you a little bit of context. This is Solomon writing this psalm about his father, David. So most likely Solomon had a conversation with David, his father about the covenant that David made. So Solomon's given us some insight into conversations that day and promises that the Lord made with David. I'm mean with, with the Lord. All right. So it says, Lord, please don't forget all the hardships David had to pass through and how he promised you. Here's his promise. Jacob's mighty God saying, I will not cross the threshold of my own home to sleep in my own bed. I will not sleep or slumber nor even take time to close my eyes and rest until I find a place For you to dwell, O mighty God of Jacob, I devote myself to finding a resting place for you. First, we heard of the ark. Um, we heard that the ark was at Bethlehem. Then we found it in the forest of Kiriath-Jerim. Let's go into God's dwelling place and bow down and worship before him. Arise, O Lord, and enter your resting place, both you and the ark of your glorious strength. May your priests wear the robes of righteousness and let all godly lovers sing for joy. All right. There's two things we see here. So we see that God, he's wanting to create a dwelling place, a resting place for the Lord. Does anybody know what David's first act of king was? You can shout it out if you know. There you go, Miss Anita. She knows. She's hung around me enough. And she reads the Bible. Um, David, he wanted to make a place for the ark of the Lord, which represented the presence of God. He wanted to bring it to Jerusalem and have a resting place for the presence of God. Right and i'm not going to get into the whole story of how that happened but that was david's heart was a place for the lord to dwell how many of you know today that you and me we are dwelling places for the lord the bible says that you are a temple of his holy spirit he's not looking for a building to fill he's looking for a person he's looking for a heart he's looking for you and me that say lord here I am. Rest here. We see Jesus as he was baptized. We see the Spirit of God coming and resting upon him. About two year, year and a half, two years ago, when we were in COVID lockdown and we weren't able to meet like this, we were recording a worship set and a message in the back. And we were worshiping and we... Um, it ended up going for about an hour and a half just worshiping and toward and at the end it became just this holy moment where just the presence of the Lord was there and we didn't want to move nobody wanted to say anything we were just in his presence and it was good and um, I think that night I was randomly on a camera videotaping, helping do that. And I remember I was just like, i got to put the video camera down. I went and sat down in the corner and the Lord told me this. And when he told me this, I didn't have a whole lot of context for it. But the Lord said, John, I'm looking for resting places. I was like, Lord, that sounds really cool, but I don't know what that means. And and then I began to see language like this where David's saying, Lord, I want to make a resting place for you. I want, I'm looking, and I believe today the Lord's saying, I'm looking for individuals that I can come and I can rest upon their lives. I'm looking for people who will surrender in a way that say, Lord, you can come and stay here. That I'll make a covenant with you, Lord, that I want to be a resting place for you. How would I have to position my life and my heart that you would come, that you would dwell here and you would stay here? What kind of heart, Lord, attracts you in a way that you would come and that you would dwell in my life? And then I, so I believe that's for individuals, but I believe then there's this corporate calling as far as the church where the Lord is saying, I'm looking for houses of worship. I'm looking for people who will say yes to me and say yes to, to being a, a resting place for my spirit and for my presence. My desire for this house if, we, if there could be anything known about this house, I would want people to say, God is there. God's there. We know that he's everywhere. We know God's everywhere. But I'm talking about where it's like you, when you get around those people, God's there. They have positioned themselves in a way where God loves to make himself known among them. In his presence, in power, in miracles, it's there because they came and they said, they made covenant with the Lord in a way where it said, Lord, the thing we want most is that you would be here. You know, in that kind of, when, when God's in the room, miracles happen, right? There's lots of fruit of the Lord being present deliverance, the miraculous. For a, I hear on a weekly basis what the Lord is doing in people's lives, and it's awesome. It's amazing. And I'm so thankful for all those things. But truthfully, I would, don't ever want to be more impressed with the fruit than I am the one who is causing it to come. It's what happens when the church, when our hearts are just set on Him. Like our expectation is, yes, Lord, you're going to come and you're going to have your way. You're going to do, we we know that miracles happen in your presence. A lot of times we're sitting, crying out for miracles. Lord, we want to see miracles. And when the Lord is saying, I want you to, to not pray just for miracles, for the fruit of my coming. I want you to set your heart on just me coming. That I would be enough. You know, that song that Abby saying this morning give me jesus all i could do is just sit here and weep because he was saying i found my one thing i found it i found the thing that i found the one that's good and this is the cry of the priest is to say i have given up everything for this one thing it is actually the cry of the believer the priest in you the cry that says give me jesus take the world, give me Jesus. This is it. This is, this is everything. This is everything. Everything that I'll ever need will come out of this one thing. That's the cry of priesthood. And I'm about to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to give you like a list of some things that are is like priestly ministry to the Lord. And you're going to be like, oh, I do that. I was a priest and I didn't know it. I'm not saying you have to go around to calling yourself a priest. I'm saying it is already part of who you are. The Lord just wants us to know it so that you can fully walk in it. Because I believe there is a shift happening in the body of Christ right now where I believe that the Lord is not impressed by our functions. He's not impressed by our All of our, just the things we do, he is impressed by hearts that are fully surrendered that say, Lord, we have come in full devotion to you. We are here for your presence. We have come to tell you how amazing you are. There are lots of great things that we are going to do, but our heart's desire has to be set on that we would be a people that know the Lord and have become a resting place for him. Amen. Y'all with me? And here's the deal, is none of us are exempt from this ministry. None of us are exempt from that title of being a priest and a king. You might say, well, look, I just like to come to church, sit, enjoy the music, hear an encouraging word, and I'm good. Do my best to be a good person. It's not it. It's not it. It will not ever be enough, because that is you doing you in your own strength, and God has nothing in that. He is only interested in all of you. He is interested in the everyday, the conversation. He's interested in the surrender of your life. The, he, uh, I'm going to I'm, I'm change gears for just a second, okay? Y'all with me? This, this is relevant. hope I can find it really quick. I can. I know where it's at. I want to read this to you in 1 Corinthians 2. You guys in the back don't have it, but I do. So. All right. It says this, For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God. All right. So you did not receive the spirit of the world system. You have received the spirit of God. If you say, well, I don't know if I receive the Spirit of God, just receive it. Say, God, I receive your Spirit. He wants to dwell in you, for you, for daily life, and He wants to dwell upon you for ministry. He wants to empower you. Okay, and then it goes on, so it goes on to say you have not received the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities, these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit and not with words taught by human wisdom. We join together spirit revealed truths with spirit revealed words. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Y'all stay with me here. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things, and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? So it's saying this, Who has ever intimately known the mind of Jesus well enough to become his counselor? Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions, or we have the mind of Christ. That was a lot of words. Let me tell you what it, let me break it down. It's saying this, is that, Only a a life that is fully submitted to the Lord in the everyday moments that says, Lord, what are you doing? How are you doing it? It's only, the Lord wants to, I told us at the beginning of the service that God doesn't want to just show you how he sees, what he sees, but how he sees it. That is what we are all called to, is that we walk into a room, we walk into a situation, you walk into your home, and you're not just scoping things out to say, well, what's my opinion here? You walk in and you say, Lord, what's your opinion here? How do you see this? Because I see a broken situation and maybe I just want to get out. But the Lord might say, no, I've actually called you to heal the broken situation. The Lord says, I actually see this as redeemed and as healed. And I'm just looking for someone with my mind who will begin to speak what I'm speaking. That's the ministry we're called to. Is that with every person that you get around, you're not coming with your opinion, you're coming with the mind of Christ and saying, God, what do you see? How do you see it? What an amazing ministry, what an amazing partnership that he's called you into where he says, I want to show you what I'm up to in the earth. That's why Jesus said, I do what I see the father doing is because he had a different reality than just the world system. The people that, you know, you had lepers, right? People who literally their body is decaying and nobody wanted to touch them. They were outcasts. They were rejected. They were a second thought. Jesus comes and he says, that's who I want to be around because I see what what the father's doing in their lives. So I'm not going to run from them, but I'm actually going to run to them and I'm going to heal them because that's what the father's doing. And so a lot of the things I believe, we're like, oh, I can't touch that. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that, mm, I don't want to be around them. They're just, ugh. but what if we begin to realize as a priest, as a kingly priest who has the mind of Christ, that, that our ministry is to reconcile people to God. That's one of the roles of a priest is that we reconcile things and people to God. So he wants to invite you into a relationship where you are not just looking for, you're not just looking for, okay, what's good and what's bad. You're coming and you're saying, doesn't matter what it looks like, I'm coming with the mind of Christ and there's going to be impact and there's going to be transformation and change because I've stepped into the room and I'm a dwelling place for the living God. You You should get excited about that. (laughs) You... You are a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. You are a resting place. That's why you should be able to walk in to any room, to any person and have confidence because you are a resting place for the Lord. That you walk into a place and there are no limits on what can happen. I am a king priest who walks with the mind of Christ and whatever the Lord is doing, that's what I'm doing. Don't settle for any ministry less than that. Don't settle for any life or mindset less than that. I tell our worship team, our worship leaders, is that you can be up there singing, but it doesn't mean you're the one that's changing the room. It's the one who's making covenant with God. It's the one who has come as a king priest. It's the one who has said, God, what are you doing right here in this moment? We can come to church or gather like this, and if we come with all of our preconceived ideas, we come and say, hey, worship's going to be good, and then pastor's going to say a message and, you know, it might be good too. And, you know, it's all whatever. And we just come with kind of like, there's no like expectation of like, I'm, listen, I don't want your opinion of what happens in corporate settings to be just on what you can see. I want it to be on what, that you've tapped into the unseen that you've said, God, what do you see? What are you doing? let me give you some, I, I have the great privilege of pastoring this church, but I am not the leader here. Jesus is the leader. His Holy Spirit is the leader. We come and we fully submit to him. And I believe that we submit to one another in love, right? That we say this is that how we are praying for one another, how what the, the giftings of the Holy Spirit as they are active in our lives, we are submitted to one another in love. We are submitted to the leadership of the Lord. This is not about someone's, this isn't just about me doing my thing on this platform. This is us saying that we've come to fully submit to the Lord and what He wants to do. And I want us to live our entire lives like that. That's how we operate corporately, but individually. There is a life to be lived that is led by the Spirit of God where He is showing you the heart of God. And that is priestly ministry. Where it is, I've come before him to worship him and honor him and to know him and whatever he says and whatever he's doing, I'm going to take part in that. It is a heart that's fully submitted to him. You know, we, we love, I I love the message of the cross. I love forgiveness and salvation. That is the entry point for the life of the believer. There's an inheritance to be had. Your inheritance is to walk as a priest king in the earth, to minister to the Lord, to reign in life, not to rule over people, but to serve people well with the heart of a king. Pastor Bill Johnson says it like this. He says that we serve with the heart of a king and we rule with the heart of a servant. That's who we're meant to be. All right. Y'all good today? So, the book of Malachi, it's the last book of the Old Testament, Um, it was written to priests, the priests of Israel. And it's a corrective word that the Lord comes and and let me, let me give you a little kind of the landscape, and I'm I'm landing this plane, okay? Is the 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 state of Israel, or I mean, it's the nation of Israel. But I'm talking about the the in that day, the priests they would do all of their priestly duties, but their heart was not in it. They actually had contempt towards the Lord because they knew what they were supposed to do, but they didn't know who they were doing it for. I Meaning this is they didn't know God. They didn't know his nature. They didn't know his goodness, okay? And so what would happen is they were bringing, at that time they would have, they would bring offerings, right? They would have, the, um, they would sacrifice lambs, a sin offering, and, and the way that they were supposed to do that is they they would bring a, they would bring the very best to the Lord. An unblemished lamb but these guys because their hearts weren't in it they were doing just enough to get by to say I did it but you know it's kind of like when your kids say they cleaned their room but they really just pushed everything under the bed it's like yeah you did it but you didn't really do it you know and uh, it wasn't actually in your heart to make this the best it was you were just trying to fulfill a duty and that's where, that's where the, the priests were of the day, is they were just pushing stuff under the bed. And God was like, I can see it. I can still see it. I know you said you did it. And everything was out of order in their lives. They they didn't really have a heart to honor God. It wasn't to really honor Him. It was like, well, I'm a priest, so I guess I'm just going to do this thing, you know? And the Lord was coming and saying, man, don't you know the privilege you have of being a priest? That you have access to the Holy of Holies. You have access to my presence. Don't you see what you're called to? <laughs> and he was saying, but you, you've settled. You've settled for just something that is it's fake. It's not real. He, he actually goes in Malachi and says, I wish you would just close the doors of the temple and go home. He said it would be better than you bringing me what you're bringing me. And if I could be honest, I think sometimes, I think because the Lord so desires relationship and He so desires, you see, His desire for you is not that you would just get caught up in traditions and I'm just doing my duty where there's no life in it. He wants you to know Him and He wants to know you. He wants your heart. And I believe many times if we get busy, even within the church, just with our stuff, and we never bring our heart to the Lord, the Lord's like, it would be better that you would just close the doors. I believe that we are in a shift where the Lord is saying, I want your heart. I don't want you to just come and even just have a place where you say, well, I'm going to lift my hands, I'm going to show everybody I, I'm, I'm worshiping, I'm tithing, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but I haven't brought my heart before the Lord. He's interested in your heart. You see, with the Lord, I, I, let me give you a picture of this. Okay, we know, you know, even when it comes to our giving, when it comes to tithes and offerings, you know, a lot of times there. I've talked to so many people, everybody got their... Their opinions, right? And everybody says, well, tithing, that was Old Testament. We don't have, we're under grace now. Let me, let me say this is I believe new covenant, new Testament. I believe the tithe is a great starting point, but in the new Testament, it all belongs to the Lord In the new covenant. That is the priestly ministry. It all is the Lord's meaning. This is that you actually have the spirit of God to tell you to lead you in generosity. I'm telling you in every part of your life. I'm not just talking about what you give to the church. I'm talking every part of your life. Your time it's all the Lord's. It's all the Lord's. There is never a place where Jesus, you know, Old Testament don't commit adultery. Jesus comes along. He says, if you even look at a woman with lust you've committed adultery in your heart. Show me in the new testament or the new covenant where there is any less requirement and it is saying because you have the spirit of god and you have him dwelling in you that you have actually been empowered to live holy before we were before jesus came and was the perfect sacrifice and he gave us his holy spirit to help us to become like him and to walk with him we could ju- we were just trying i know i'm saying we we haven't we'd never have lived no one in this room where Jesus hasn't been our Savior and resurrected, but uh, absent from that reality, it's just us trying to be good. And it will never happen. It will never work. He's good, but he lives in me. And everything he touches, he makes good. And he's touched me because he lives in me. So the priests of the day, they were giving God lip service, but um, this is what the Lord said, though he, he He brings lots of correction. Okay, but then He comes and He says, "Listen, this is my heart." Okay, He says He's talking about as when Jesus comes, and I'm gonna you're gonna hear the word Levites. Levites were the priests in Israel. They were a Levitical priest. They were they were the people who ministered to the Lord in the temple. Okay they were giving that place we are We have a priestly ministry just like the Levites did. But he says, and he's talking about Jesus prophesying. He says, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. What he's saying is, as Jesus comes, this is what he's going to do. He's going to, he's going to purify, purify the priestly ministry. He's going to come and he's going to, and our hearts cry is going to be, Lord, I want to bring you a right offering. I want to bring you my whole life. That's what Jesus, when, as Jesus came, it says he came like the, he comes as the refiner's fire. He comes and he burns away everything that's not supposed to be there. So it can be this one thing. Here's my heart. And then in chapter 3, verse 17, this is what the Lord says. He says, on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. We heard that earlier, right? What are you? You're you're, you're his chosen treasure. So this is prophesying of you. Peter, he began to say, hey, that scripture talking about that we will be his treasured possession, he said, that's you for right now. He said, Jesus did it. You are his Prize possession. So it's who you are. So this is speaking to what, to who you are right now. He says, I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. I want to tell you this is that the Lord wants to bring a distinction to your life. There should be a distinction. You walk into a room and you've been with Jesus. He lives in you. There should be a distinction about how you walk, about how you speak, how you love. I believe that's what He wants to do in us. I believe when someone steps foot in this room, they could say, Oh, there's a distinction here. The Lord is there because there's people who have invited Him with their lives. That's exciting to me. What a calling! You know, for maybe for some of you, you're like, well, I don't get it. That's okay. I I just hope that some of you get it. Just hope that I hope that all of you do. But I, I believe that the Lord is saying, I want a people who are fully mine. In every part of their life they say, Oh, well, it's the Lord's. You know, we live in a culture where it's very easy to say, what's mine? I gotta get mine, gotta get to get it. But what if we had trusted that the Lord knows us? He knows what's good for us. The Bible says that the Lord blesses and he adds no sorrow to it. Amen? Is that I want what he gives me, and then I want to give him everything in return. I'm constantly putting it on the altar. Lord, what do you want? Everything that you carry that is apart from the Lord, that is for your own, it will always be heavy. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden. I'll give you rest. And then he goes on to say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Anything that you get on your own apart from the Lord, it will always result in heaviness. But the Lord blesses and he adds no sorrow to it. His yoke, what he gives is light and it's good. And so... In ending, I want to I want to say this. I know. I want to give you this list, and then next week I want us to, to break it down. But I want to give you the marks of priesthood, and then I want to pray for us. Um, here's the marks of priesthood: is that um, there's a life of prayer and worship. It's a life that's given in prayer and worship. Um, tonight at 6 p.m., we're having what we're calling a family meeting here. Basically, I, I'm wanting to talk about a couple of things that um, just as a church that I believe that the Lord's calling us into and um, exciting things. And uh, if you say, hey, this is this is my home, This is I'm part of the family here, I would love to invite you to come be a part of that. I'm actually going to talk about some of these things. But prayer and worship, a life given to him um, in our giving, in our generosity to the Lord. Um, that's a mark of priesthood. Is it all, it's all his. Um, three, zeal for his house, meaning this, Lord, I have a heart for your people. I have a heart for, you know, the, um, what we see in the early church in Acts. One of the things that marked the church is that they broke bread together that they gathered together, that they said, hey, we have a heart for one another. It's one of the marks of priesthood ministries that we have a heart for his house. I want to say this, even with gathering, as mothers and fathers, I think it is important that you teach your kids to have a heart for the house of God. That you don't just gather Even Sunday mornings at church, just because you feel it's out of duty. But if it's in your heart to say, I want to honor the Lord, that's what you'll pass to your children. If for you, it's an easy decision to make to say, hey, we don't feel like it to gathering this Sunday with the body. Guess what? You're passing that to your kids. I believe we need to give them a good inheritance. I believe it's important that we pass down zeal for the father's house. All right. Love for the people of God that goes with that, is that there's love for the house. Number five, love to reconcile people or desire to reconcile people to God. Maybe we call this evangelism, but the heart is we've been given a ministry of reconciliation that is part of the priestly ministry, is that to say, oh, no, 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 this is who God is. This is the truth of who he is. Let me bring you to this. I want to show you who he is. And then the last one is honor for His name, honor for God's name. As we learn to honor Him, the fear of the Lord, reverence for Him. He is God. We need to hear that. He is God, not us. He is God, and He's good, and He's faithful. Amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I want to end where I began. I want you to, if you would, I I want you to close your eyes and just hear this. I want to declare this over your life. This is who you are, but you are God's chosen treasure. Today you need to know that you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Lord, I pray today that each person here would experience your marvelous light, the goodness of who you are, the joy that's in your presence, the peace that's in you, the liberty and freedom that's in you. I just thank you, Lord, that even right now that you have called some here today out of darkness that they've been living in into your light, into your goodness, into forgiveness, into righteousness. Thank you. And it says, and now he claims you as his very own. You are his. You are his. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time, you were not God's people, but now you are. I just want you to tell yourself, say, I'm his. I'm his. I belong to him. Because you are his, you have an identity. You have a father who loves you. You have peace. You have every good thing. You have an inheritance. So Lord, we just receive. We receive the inheritance that you've given us. And we also respond to the call as kings and priests in the earth. Lord, I pray that it would be our hearts to minister to you and to love you and to worship you. Lord, that we would constantly come seeking to see things how you see things, to know you, to see you, to be with you, a heart that desires this one thing is to please the Lord. Just like David says, Lord, I want you to be, I want to be a dwelling place for you. I want to be a resting place for you where your spirit lives within me where your presence is with me. Lord, that our cry would be like Moses when he said, Lord, I won't go unless your presence goes before me, that we would be a people that say, Lord, above everything else, we value your presence. Meaning we value being right here. We value your, the way you see things, Lord, the way you do things. Our goal is to know you. Our goal is to be with you. Jesus, I just say, we say today, we love you. We honor you and worship you. I bless your people today in the name of Jesus. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to you. Come and do what you want to do. Come and fill our hearts, fill our lives, fill this community with your presence, Lord, that we would see your goodness in the land of the living. So we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.